Welcome to Minx Your Morning, a podcast and Instagram live show brought to you by me, Liat Horowitz, your coach and cheerleader, helping you live the life you love. This is the daily dose of motivation you need to lift your spirits, clarify your goals, and set your intentions for a power day ahead. Stick with me to learn how to minx your morning and elevate your life. A few months ago, I was scrolling through Instagram and I came across a piece of art by a young Nigerian-Canadian artist by the name of Benny Bing. With my South African background and my love for art that's been instilled from my father, Benny's use of bold color and strong patterns instantly captured my attention. I am honored to introduce you to Benny in this episode of Minx Your Morning. I know with certainty that you will be equally inspired and impressed with this super talented and driven artist as he shares his background, his purpose with his art, and his insights into his creative process, as well as so much more. Here we go. Hi, Benny. How are you? I'm very good in yourself. I'm great. Thank you so, so much for joining me today. I've been following you for a while and I'm going to hand it over to you in a minute just to explain a little bit about where you come from, what your background is, to give you the opportunity to talk a little bit about yourself. But I'm just going to start by saying that when I come across people that just catch my attention like this, I'm always interested and I watch and I find and I research and I, I get involved because that's the way, that's what fuels me. And that's exactly what happened when I came across your art. I saw it on Instagram. I don't remember how. And the minute I saw it on someone's wall, I was like, what is that? Who is the artist? And then of course, as the story unfolded, our connection of African roots, I mean, I'm just, you know, putting it out there. I'm South African. I believe you're Nigerian. I can't wait to hear more. It just took my interest in your work to another level. So I'm completely honored that you're here with me today and that you would give up your time and your energy and your story. And welcome. I would love to start with just you telling us a little bit about yourself and your background, please. Thank you. It's a pleasure being on here and speaking with you today. My name is, of course, Benny Bang. That's not my real name. That's my artist's name. Aha! <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> my father is Nigerian and my mother is Caribbean Canadian. Okay. Um, they met here in Toronto in Regent Park, where I currently live today. But they both moved back to Nigeria, where I was born and raised. And um, I came back after high school. So I kind of got the best of both worlds, being raised in Nigeria. And of course, being a Canadian, uh, I was a first generation Canadian. Beautiful. Wow. So I've never been to Nigeria, but have you been to South Africa? My family, my whole family has been to South, South, South Africa, Jayburg, Cape Town. I haven't. I'm still due to go. We have family in Cape Town. I'm jealous. I can't wait till the day I go. Oh my gosh. The last time I was there was two years ago. I left South Africa in um, 2002. And I've been all over the place since then. I've only been in Canada eight years. But there's that African spirit that is always within you if it is, if it was part of you, right? Yes. Absolutely. And so 
absolutely. So I went back two years ago after not being back for about six years and it just blows me away every time. And the biggest thing for me, and I think you will know what I'm about to say because I tend to like stalk you on your DMs about this, <laughs> but like the music, right? Yes, is everything. absolutely. Absolutely. I actually did. I'm going to send it to you. I actually did on my other account that I co-share with a friend, not coaching related, but just finding your mojo and like having fun in mom life. I did a video about the things that I miss about South Africa, like the top 10 things. And I filmed it while I was there two years ago. And of course, music mm. was one of them. But I'm going to send it to you because there was a part of it where, you know, there's always live music on the side of the road, just like buskers and groups. And they just, yeah. you cannot put your finger on what that sound is and what that feeling is. But it's just that African beat. Hey, it's the best. That's right. That is right. So before we continue, do you speak any other African languages? Unfortunately, I don't. Okay. I wasn't uh, privileged to learn uh, due to the fact that my, my mom being a Caribbean Canadian, the family was not to, uh, didn't want to interrupt the upbringing. Since we're already just born and raised there, we were already immersed in the rich culture. Absolutely. Uh, even though I, I do feel like I wish that they should have pushed it because I, you know, when I hear my cousins and I hear friends speaking the language, I wish I actually did speak my father's native tongue, which is Yoruba. Okay. Um, so Yoruba is my father's tribe and that's the, the language you speak. And Yoruba is such a um, strong, rich language. And I can understand a little bit when people speak, but unfortunately, I wish I, I wish I did. But that's part of what I did with um, trying to incorporate a lot of my culture, a lot of my upbringing, my background, my lived experience in Nigeria growing up into my work. Part of my head wrap series kind of touched on that. Okay, so I know we can talk about Africa forever, you and I. We might have to take that offline. But can you just tell us, please, because I'm a coach and I coach a lot of people to help find their purpose and their passion and sometimes to make a profit out of that and turn it into a business, which you've done all of the above. Please tell us how this started for you. Where did this passion for art even come from? And how did you then turn it into a business in a sense? My father is a creative. He's a photographer. Also, he was a photographer because he's now retired, but he also uh, kind of painted on the side. None of the painting happened when we were growing up, but it happened later on in life in his 40s. But this is something he did rec recreation recreationally. But he was a photographer by trade. That's how he actually was able to leave Nigeria as a young man. He came from a very poor family in Ogun State, which is in Ujebode. And he found his way to Lagos, the main city, at the age of 16. And he started taking photographs and that allowed him to leave the country. Amazing story of this man. And I kind of inherited some of that creativeness. We tend to not embrace some things, some gifts that we have. I used to sketch, I would say, when I was younger and later on in life, but I never painted, ever. So wow. uh, in 2014... My mother-in-law and my wife decided to get a Christmas gift, which was acrylic paint. And this is one of those moments in life where we tend to always push for things that we want, not things that we necessarily need, just mm. in general. So, you know, for Christmas, you're like, I'd rather have this than that. And for me, I grew up in an environment, Nigeria's an environment where you have the, especially the Eurobars, where very, everything's based on respect. So you have to be appreciative 
of everything that you receive. Life, if someone gets you something. So I was just very appreciative of this acrylic paint and I decided to go ahead and use it. And I actually discovered my gift. This was like seven, you're telling me seven years ago, you got that's, paint as a gift. <laughs> that's right. I know most people don't, don't ever believe the story, but, <laughs> but it's the truth. And it's a beautiful if, story. And, and if you go on my Instagram and you look at, and go for, I, I left actually the earliest paintings I did, I left them as, as a sign, just a reminder to myself of how far I've come in terms of my creativity and, and what I've been able to do with this, this gift. So what I did is I, I started practicing every, every day after work. I had a wonderful first career, nine to five. I was working as a senior account manager for a small a digital marketing firm. Oh, interesting. And I loved it. I love what I did. I helped mom and pops grow their businesses and help them increase their digital footprint. So when it was time, and when I, I started getting better at this. So I said, you know, why not make this into a business? Not just make it into a business, but make this into a career that is viable. And how do you do that? As keep on practicing, but at the same time, there is a creative side to it and there is a business side to it. And it's very important for you to understand that you need to be good at both of these things. So that's what I did. And because I was already in the space of helping small businesses grow, I decided to take the same concept and knowledge that I was doing on a regular basis and put that into practice and create a foundation for my own arts business. Because at the end of the day, it is a business. It is you that is, that is running your business or you have somebody else like an art dealer or a gallery that decides to help you run your business. And at that point, money tends to move away from you. Mm -hmm. than mm -hmm. So... That's what I did. I was able to just create up the foundation and it's just kind of grown since then. And I believe there are fundamentals you need to have. And these are some of the things that I also, I mentor other artists and these are things I tell them. Young artists, you know, you need to make sure you have, you know, the basics, you know, website, a business account, all these different things, how to set up yourself for long-term success. Oh, Benny, I don't even know where to start. I have a million questions, but I'm going to tell you a personal story for a second. And this is where I think you'll understand at least my affiliation to art a little better, is that my father is about to turn 82. He oh, lives wow. here in Canada. Yes, he's born and bred in Port Elizabeth, South Africa. And he immigrated four years ago at the age of 77, 78 with my mom to be close to me and my brother. And growing up, I mean, vivid memories, vivid memories of consistently going to meet random South African artists in their <laughs> homes, going to art galleries, him schlepping us to basically anywhere and everywhere. It was music and art, music stores with CDs and art galleries and, and random artists' homes. But my dad loved it so much. He got so much joy out of not just enjoying the art, but understanding the process and the story behind it and the person behind it. So this is my desire to obviously connect with you because your art is one part of you and what you're doing and what you, the story you're trying to tell. But I want to know more, right? So I want to know where it came from, how it comes to you. Why is it all women? Because a lot of the stuff that I see that you're doing is a lot of 
really strong, beautiful black or African woman prints and custom art. And I remember the first time I reached out to you, I asked you if you had a print of Nelson Mandela because I was like, I need that in my home, done by you. It has to be done. So maybe (laughs) one day, maybe one day. But anyway, so my dad just naturally, without pushing, instilled this love of story and people and art in me. And he would just offer to help these young artists to try and sell their stuff. So he would tell everyone about them. And it's weird because he did it without social media back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I feel like now when I find things that I love and I'm passionate about, like your work, I do it naturally in the same way my dad, I guess, was doing it back then, right? Awesome. So it just, it's very close to my heart and I can't wait for one day, perhaps in person, that my dad and I can come and see you and pe- perhaps see your work in your gallery if you have one. That's a side issue. Can you tell us now, like, how do you get that inspiration? How do you start decide what you're going to be working on and when? I'll first start with why I chose, um, why I paint black women. I originally started off painting celebrities. So if you ever Google my name and or see my work online, you will see there were uh, my earlier work you included uh, Nelson Mandela, included uh, Nina Simone, Bob Marley. I mean, a whole range of celebrities. And I think the reason I chose that was also I was still finding my creative space. And it's always important to find your creative space and what you're good at mm-hmm. and what your niche is and what, what you're trying to say with your work and find your style, right? And the thing about finding a style is everything evolves, right? I didn't go to art school, so everything is always evolving. I'm always learning continuously all the time. So what I did learn was that over time, things are going to change. Nothing is consistent. Everything changes. So including the subjects. And what I, what I found out was that celebrities did not have that. There was something I was looking for. That I, there's an, a feeling I was trying to invoke in people looking at my work. And to see a celebrity is great. You know, people look at the Sade, for example, print, uh, uh, paints and I have to go, oh, wow, everyone loves Sade. Mm-hmm. Right. Or people see the Obama that I did and people undergo, oh, wow. Right. But when I decided to transition to women, and the only reason I actually did this was because I started painting my followers on Instagram at the time. And it was a girl in a head wrap. And it was this beautiful picture and very playful. She had a, she was sticking out her tongue and she had this beautiful uh, head wrap on. And I remember painting that and it just, it just, it just shined true. And mm. I said, oh, wow, uh, this is, I, I love the way it looks. And I realized that I'm actually better at not only painting women better than anything else. When I started showing people this specific painting, it invoked emotions in people, and especially women, black women seeing themselves. As I started searching more and searching for more subjects to paint, I started noticing that there is this lack of black subjects in contemporary, especially women, in our own natural playful, regal, beautiful state. So how do we capture that? This is something that is that is, is not captured in art. So, so how do we document that and tell our stories? And it is very important to document and tell our stories. That is the most important thing. And one of the things I, I realized growing up in Nigeria is we pass information differently than other cultures around the world. So a lot of cultures, you know, if you look at 
you know, the Asians and Chinese, for example, they documented by writing the history. Same thing with Europeans. And but Africans pass it by word of mouth. It's a very different method. But because of that word of mouth, things get lost over time. And there's a, there's a rich history in Africa. But because of that word of mouth, it's been either, you know, it's died out in, in specific generations or, or hasn't continued. So we have this influence of a lot of other cultures with it, on our culture. So it's important that we start to document and tell our own stories that can live on for a long time. So as I always say, I'm just an instrument telling the stories of these women, the, the real stories and the real champions of these women. I'm just sharing my gift to the world of these women. Now, my creative process, like I said, evolves. So as you can see the, from the paintings behind me, these were part of the Colorblind Collection. And the Colorblind Collection was addressing colorblindness in today's society. And one thing I, I always heard, and I, sometimes I still hear from people is, and this is mostly from non-blacks, is I don't see color, I just see you. And for me, that is, that is problematic. And the reason it's problematic is because I'm expected to see you as a white person, but you don't want to see me as a black person because you are trying to seem not racist or not see, or not see my lived experience. It's important to see me, see my riches, mm. see my color. Mm. Right. Because when you see me, you see, you, you, you can, you know that I'm a black person. You know my features. You know, every, you see everything about me. You, my whole lived experience is important. It is part of who I am. It is, it is the reason I am who I am. I'm African. I'm a Nigerian. I'm a Canadian. All these things meshed into one. I am not this blank entity that you don't understand or you don't see or choose not to see because you don't want to have that discussion. No, it's mm. important you see who we are. And in, especially with my subjects, it's important you see the blackness in them. It's mm. important you see these features, our, 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 our high cheekbones, our full lips, broad noses, brown eyes, our hair, our crowns, mm. right? Our natural hair, which is also important. We've seen a, a huge movement now of black women really truly embracing their hair, but in short, embracing any style and not have to conform. So all these different things, how uh, is is why I, I put this together in my work too, so we could have these discussions. That's part of it. So I remember when someone someone put in the comments just put BLM, Black Lives Matter, right? <laughs> yeah. I remember you know last year when the the tragic event of, of George Floyd, someone asked me, so Benny, would you speak on this? I'm like, I've been speaking about this in my work. So we all contributed in several ways, especially as artists. Some of us documented politically. Out of us documented in different ways. For mm-hmm. example, showing the beauty in who we are. And that's part of our identity. It's part of, it instills pride in mm-hmm. who we are. When you see yourself represented, it instills a lot of pride. I grew up in Nigeria uh, as in an environment surrounded by black people, surrounded by culture, right? With elders, people passing from learning history. So I grew up with a huge sense of identity of who I am, my background, who my parents were, the environment my father grew up in, where he came from, and how I'm blessed to be and privileged to be his child, but not in the situation that he grew up in. So coming back to Canada and an environment, I, ha- I, I know who I am, but then I, I see other people who grew up in 
have a lack of identity and of seeing themselves. And I think it's, it's important for me to contribute to the process mm. of reminding people, reminding other people of the beauty in them, especially women. It's important for young girls to see themselves represented because self-esteem is huge. And when you're, sit, when you're sitting at a table demanding equity without self-esteem, you can't do that. And you know, at the end of the day, that's, that's what it comes down to. Equity. How do we fight for equity for everyone? Any, I don't know. I don't even know what to say to all of that because there's just so much going on in my mind. You are speaking so truly and authentically the truth and what I think I totally agree with. And a lot of what you were saying just sparked some thought in me because what ends up happening, I find with a lot of people is they may have an idea for a creative process or anything, not necessarily art, but creating something and starting something, something to fulfill them, something to tell a story. And they start it, perhaps they dabble in it, but they very quickly stop because either it doesn't go the way they thought or it has no success or it doesn't sell or, you know, it's not going as quickly as they thought or, you know, and that's the difference between a person who I guess believes and trusts in the process, no matter if they don't know the how to get there. That's right. Right. And so I relate to you, but from a different perspective, not through art, but through finding myself and finding this platform and this new career. I used to be in the corporate world for 13 years in the tech company in marketing, like random. And I moved away slowly, but surely chipping away at like what I really wanted to do, trying to find things, trying to research, speak to people, reading books, being inspired by music and so on. So I could find my process and get to this point to impact people in the way that I hope to do. Yours is just done through art, right? And story and meaning. And I think it's a really important lesson that we share with people is that you've got to keep going. You've got to keep sort of trusting in the process of being inquisitive and finding curiosity and just keep going and trying. Because that's exactly what you did, right? You picked up those acrylic paints and you tried. That's right. You know, the reality is this, and I keep this mindset even till today, is that nothing happens overnight. And if something does happen overnight, it's bound to live, be lived for a very short period of time. Amen. And the fact that I did not go to art school, I preferred the slow and steady growth. Year one, I was excited just discovering this talent and this gift of mine. Year two was kind of putting in that foundational work. Mm. And of course, then as you go into year three and year four, year three, I actually quit my job and decided to do this full time. That was scary, right? And then year four, after you quit your job and you're not pulling in the type of revenue that you're expecting and that you have kind of forecasted for yourself, right? We all have dreams. We all want to be somewhere. We all, we all want to be something. And when things don't work out that way, we tend to start to compare ourselves to other people. Why is it working out for this person versus myself? Comparison is the number one killer. Right. We start to we start to get down or, or, or we tend to give up. Meanwhile, we're just there. We just got to keep on. We got to keep going. And that's what I learned is just you got to keep going and you got to put in the work, right? And that this is something that my mentor told me, Mark Liam Smith, amazing artist from Toronto. Wow. And uh, he mentored me for, for, for early in my, in my career for a short period of time. Amazing guy. And he said to me, he said, you have to keep going. 
you have to keep, you, know, you, you might have to keep going for 10 years before anyone even recognizes you before, before, right before you might even sell any of your the painting for a high value price but you gotta keep going because you have to start somewhere you're never going to just start you know off one day selling your painting for three thousand five thousand ten thousand or even fifty thousand so you have to keep going and I took that mentality and kept going and another thing I realized is no matter what circumstances or situations happen, you have to be able to adapt, mm. right? So take, for example, last year, no one ever forecasted what was going to happen with the coronavirus and how it basically has impacted our whole history, right? Now it's pre-pandemic and post-pandemic. That's the way we look at the world. Yeah. In our, in our, at our time right now. And pre-pandemic and post-pandemic for me is completely different because a lot also changed in the pandemic. Not, not just creatively, but business-wise. My business transformed. I performed better post, uh, you know, in this pandemic than I did in the past. And that's just my story compared to other people. Some other people didn't. Some other businesses have crumbled. We've seen businesses crumble. But that's because everyone has their time. Mm. Right? Everything mm. has time. And if you focus and adapt to whatever the environment is, you will notice how your business and your your skill set will improve. And then of course, being humble. This is something I can't I can't say enough. You have to be humble. I've had this saying and a friend of mine, Bob, uh, in Maryland, always used to scream down. Me and Bob went to high school together. <laughs> and uh he keeps on saying all the time, stay humble, stay humble. Stay humble. And it became this, it became this model that we say it all the time, but it's a reminder to actually stay humble because uh, humility is key and being humble takes you further. So that is something that uh, these are the things that I, I put, I adapt, I use every single day in my craft and my business to propel myself forward. And remember at the end, it's not about me. It's about these women. Oh, never about me. I'm just the instrument. I know people love, love the fact that, you know, it's, this is Benny and you're Benny, you're so talented, but really it's because of the grace of God and understanding his, 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 um, or her blessings on my life. If not for that, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. Right. It's because you, you are so deeply connected to your why and your purpose that you see it as much bigger than just you and your talent, right? That's correct. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. And the, the humility and being humble. I must just say as an outsider, someone who doesn't really know you, although, I mean, you know, I follow and I'm, I'm a big fan per se, is that I really get that sense from you. And I think that you're going to be like that always, no matter how much more successful, famous, whatever it is that you become through your work. I really get that sense of humility and it's a, it's a beautiful thing to just keep it, keep it there. Right. And it, it, it takes effort. I think sometimes it takes a bit of reminder, but it also comes back to the fact that you are so deeply connected to your roots and yep. where your father came from and growing up where you did. Yes. I think it's a really, really important thing. I feel like I could talk to you forever. I would <laughs> love to know if you have this session, this um, episode is part of a series that I do and part of my podcast called Minx Your Morning because I really feel like it's my word of minx, which means just to like embrace and hustle and 
go do it and just like live it hard, your morning routine so that it sets you up for an elevated life in general. So whether that means you wake up early or not, it's what you do with those first few hours of your day that I believe is like really important. And so I would love to know from you, Mr. Bing, even though you say that's not your name. (laughs) I'm dying to know what your real name is. We'll have to get back to that. Do you have a morning routine? Do you have something in your day that you, that's like a ritual that you know sets you up for like mental calmness and success? So I don't have a routine per se, but I would say there are two core things I do every once I get up every morning. Actually, three. The first one is the moment I wake up, the first thing that comes out of my mouth, or actually I speak it in my <laughs> mentally, is yeah. I thank God for the day, for being mm. basically, basically mm. being alive, right? <laughs> Waking up again. Because, hey, guess what? Everything could end in your sleep. Yeah. You don't even know. Right. So uh, that's the first thing. For, I, I think I've been doing this since I was a kid. Right. Mm. So first thing I do. Next thing I do is I, I, I have to get coffee. I am not a morning person. I, I hate I, I'm basically grumpy in the morning without <laughs> coffee. I need to wake up. And um, the next thing is to really clear my head. So I tend to put on vibrations. I listen mm. to a lot of vibrations on YouTube, different frequencies or my wife does this. So if she wakes up first, she would normally put on gratitude or affirmations. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of these on, on YouTube, which is just affirmations to just begin appreciating life, appreciating your day, being grateful. We listen to this for about 10, 15 minutes, and I jump into whatever I need to do. If it's a morning where I'm busy, then I might not listen to it. I might do it later on in the day. But the first things of being great, no, being grateful for being alive first. And then I, I just got to wake up because, you know, I, I'm not a morning person, but I, but I don't have, you know, there's this nice TikTok that keeps going around where people talk about their morning routine, where they wake up at 5 a.m. and all that. Uh, I, I think that's funny because clearly, of course, it's most people, except you have a, a nine to five, where you have to get up in the morning. Most people rather just sleep in. Right? Yeah. Um, that's oh, the yeah. Truth. I, I love my sleep. I would not lie. And my, it's based on my creative process. There's some days where I will wake up early, but there's some days where I actually stay up late at night because I get very creative between the hours of 1 a.m. and 3 a.m. And I create the best work at that period of time. And it just has to do with the fact that I'm very much awake at that period of time. And also there is um, a silence in my space mm. at time. And that just allows my brain to function differently. So if I create a four, four, five in the morning, I'm not waking up to 11. So of yeah, course. I, I'm not, I'm not going to say I wake up, you know, every day, you know, nine at a certain time. Doesn't Absolutely. Happen. It doesn't, it just is really based on what I'm, what am I creating? If I'm, if I'm really in a creative mode, sleep patterns change. But if I'm not in a creative mode, I'm more in a business mode where I'm doing the day-to-day businesses, then I'm mostly getting up at 9.30, 10. <laughs> I totally agree with you on the morning morning routine thing in terms of I'm not a morning person. I never have been. I've always been a night owl. Definitely my creativity and my whole my whole vibe would happen at night until I had kids. And then I realized how tired I was at night and that I never had that silence. When you just spoke about that, that silence, it is... It was kind of taken away by children, which obviously was my choice. And it's a beautiful thing, but I missed it so much. And so I worked very hard on 
clawing back some time in the mornings. And I don't do it every day, but I do do it some days. And that moment in my house when it's quiet in the morning, when I'm like waking up, having my tea or my lemon water, listening to music, doing my gratitude and all my practices, it's just, it's a very sacred and special place. And I think that's what anybody needs. It doesn't have to be in the morning. It just needs to be at some point in their day to like really connect with yourself. And so I love that you shared that with us. Thank you. Benny, two more questions. What's next sure. for you? What's next for you? To be honest with you, it's, it's really getting out of this pandemic. That, that's what's, what's next is how do we pivot out of this economic state? Cause I, not only am I an artist, I also sit on the board of an arts organization, Artscape. I'm the board director. Oh. So part of what I do on the back end is also, uh, you know, in my time is help creatives opportunities, not just placemaking within the city of Toronto and Ontario, but also um, making it affordable for artists to work and live within the city. Because we, we, we have uh, an affordability crisis in the city. Mm-hmm. And it's no longer becoming easy for creatives to live and work within Toronto. Talkless. <laughs> I mean, it's not even easy for, for, for a two-family, two-parent, a two-income family to even afford a home in Toronto. Talkless of a creative or a single mom who is a creative. Right. And so it's getting harder. So part of what we do at Artscape is create space, whether it's accommodation for homes or whether it's spaces to perform or showcase uh, creative talent uh, in the city. So part of you know, what we're trying to do is how do we pivot and, and kind of bounce back from the pandemic? Because prior to the pandemic, the pre-COVID, it was tough. Mm. And we were doing things in our, in our, what we could do to help the creative community. And, you know, this pandemic has really been tragic for, for the arts community. You know, a lot of people have lost their livelihood. Performance spaces, performance gigs, exhibitions, there's a lot. And there's a lot that the creative community is doing within the city in terms of we have kept, you know, during the pandemic, if you notice, the creative community has kept us entertained within our homes during this lockdown. Totally. So how do we make sure that we keep the arts alive within the city? Because a city without arts is a dead city. It's not even a city, right? It's just a concrete environment. So it's important to kind of help, you know, find, find a solution how we pivot out of this. So that's part of what I'm working on. If you say, when you say what's in the future for Betty, a lot of my time is also spent on making sure that we can have, you know, find a solution to that. Other things in store for me with making sure that, you know, you know Show and Bloom, the new collection, the other projects I'm working on, nothing is concrete yet. So I would just say stay tuned. Right? Watch so the space. Once that, once all the stuff is, is completed and uh, it's all concrete, you would, you know, you would, you know, you see the information on my, on my Instagram. But apart from that, right now, I'm just, there's a lot of ideas that I'm working on. So. Beautiful. I cannot wait to see. I am such a fan. And I think if I'm not mistaken, you had a sale on your prints that I believe ends today. Am I right? Actually, I extended it. It ends on the 31st. Yes. Let's talk about that. (laughs) Tell the people. So I rarely do sales. I don't. Uh, So when I do, I think that the last sale I did was for Christmas. And before that, I've never really done a sale. It was one of my first sales. But this sale, I really wanted to do something for International Women's Day. uh, Women's History Month. Mm -hmm. Not just International Women's Day, but the whole month of, uh, of March, I wanted to give a discount. So women who are not economically 
able to co- collect my work on a regular can actually probably, you know, some have been saving up to try and collect my work. So why not provide some type of discount for them to make it more accessible for them to collect? So the, it's a 25% off all limited edition prints um, till the end of March. So March 31st. So if you're looking to collect my work, go ahead and do so now. The sale is on. The discount code is women, W-O-M-E-N 25, 25. Women 25. Uh, I, I will post, of course, a story to remind everyone because I think it's important for people to collect my work. And all my work is a limited edition prints. So there's, of course, value to it. And of course, not just value in, in, in its appreciation, but value in what it will bring to your space and how it will beautify your home. Seeing okay. yourself represented. And the website is uh, www.bennybang.com. I ordered my first two prints, the first of many, <laughs> I hope. But I had my eye on two very special women. One was Makeda and one was Nana. And I was like, when I kept showing my husband, I was like, when we are ready, those are the two. I know exactly where they're going to be. We're just adjusting some things in my house right now. And that's why I'm keeping it wrapped up until I'm ready to frame. And I'm so excited to have these women with me now. They're like going to be part of my story. I can't wait to tell my children. You know, I haven't taken my children since they were babies back to South Africa. But it's my way to include conversation and experience and story with my children who have been born in London, England and here, but like showing them their African roots in a way. So thank you for giving me that opportunity. If you have not yet purchased any prints or anything from Mr. Benny Bing, I just, I mean, what are you waiting for? Go and check it out. Yeah, I'm so grateful. You were kind enough to agree to this. Thank you so much for your time. It's a pleasure being with you too. And do you have a gallery? Like, can we one day come and see your work or at least visit? Like, how does it work? Explain. So, uh, so this is my gallery right here. <laughs> I see it. Uh, oh, actually, no, this is my studio. So half of my, my condo is actually my studio. I converted it into a studio. So I create from home. Makes it easier this way uh, when I'm, whenever I'm creating at, you know, two in the morning, I don't need to leave the home in order to actually create and you know, during winter, that, that, that's also a benefit of creating from home. You can just wake up at any time and, and create. But this year, I will be uh, getting a, a bigger studio and a gal- pretty much a gallery space also that you can come in person and see the work in person. So that, that, that's a plus. But once that happens, of course, you'll be seeing that on social also. But I'm not represented in, in Toronto. I have no gallery representation, which I'm very proud of. <laughs> <laughs> Right? And, um, and yet you've still had the success and exposure that you have. So that's incredible. That's right. I, nothing should hold you back is the mm. way I look at it. Even though I don't have the representation that I would love, and I just haven't found the right fit at this mm. time. And mm. eventually that fit will, will come. But in the meantime, you got to be persistent. You got to be uh, persistent and you got to keep going. You, uh, perseverance, as they say, brings success. You got to be, you got to go for it. My work, you know, like the person said, really Instagram, my website and the internet is my gallery that you can find all my, my paintings on there. And if you're interested in buying an original, acquiring an original to your art collection, uh, contact me directly, mm. uh, via email, benny at bennybing.com. Uh, or if you're interested in having a look at some of the pieces, if you live in Toronto, you can always contact me. We can arrange something, social distance, if you're interested. 
So yeah, more to come. There's definitely more to come. Oh my gosh. I'm got two things. A, one day I'm going to commission something from you. One day I'm working on it. Number two, I would really love to bring my dad to see you at some point. So we'll have to take that offline when it's socially safe, although he's been vaccinated, which is great. Mm -hmm. And last but not least, please, please, please continue to show us some of the behind the scenes and the processes that you do in your social media. When you put up those videos of like, I watched one, I think it might've been yesterday or the day before where it was the growth of, or the process of, I can't remember her name, but how you go from, you know, just, just drawing her arms and part of her face, you know, painting her face. And then next thing, the whole outfit and the background and the colors, <laughs> and then you put the music to it. It brings us all intense joy and inspiration. So please continue. You know what's interesting? Before we go, I just wanted to say. Go for that, it. Uh, the, I, I love doing the behind the scenes, but I forget to do behind the scenes because <laughs> I'm so involved in the work. So I, I believe the one you were talking about was Hanisha. Yes. And the interesting thing about Hanisha is I should have done a proper behind the scenes while I was creating her. This was last summer uh, because the original sketch is not what the final picture actually came out to be. Uh-huh. And I think if, if, if I actually included that within the behind the scenes, people would have seen that sometimes you have a vision of what mm. something should be uh, or how you love it to be. But at the end of the day, the finished product doesn't always necessarily come out to what you want it to be. However, it comes out way better. So the, 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 the role that she had on was something that was placed on her. It wasn't really there. Aha! <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, she was more actually. She had her hand on her side, and I didn't like the pose. It it it, ha- it was very sexual in a way, mm-hmm. and I don't like to sexualize my subjects. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to come out a different way. I wanted some power behind. I wanted also. I wanted to add some color mm. and add some texture. And part mm. of that was the African fabric. She she it was almost as the throw she had on. Wow. And, when I put that in there, that also was a lot of work in terms of getting that effect and making, you know, making it the fabric, how the fabric looked. So, and, and, you know, I get very consumed in the work and I forget. So, you know, when you're creating, you're creating, you're in a zone and you're going at it. And then you're like, I should have recorded that, but I, I will do more. I will do more to, to, to record behind the scenes. Now I have to go back to Hanisha and, and check her out and, and picture that that story that you've just explained, yeah. which is so interesting. And so if you, if you watch it again, you would actually even see the original sketch. You would see, I believe it's her, her left eye. No, her, her right eye in the sketch is originally there and the hair kind of goes around, the dread goes around it. However, when I painted it, it didn't look good. So I actually covered the eye. So all these things are part of all part of the process. You, so wow. I'm, I'm giving people little nuggets on, you never see this and most people never talk about it. But hey, sometimes, uh, you know, these are little things that change along the way. But that, that's an analogy for life, right? It's like you've got to expect the unexpected and roll with it, like you said that, earlier. That Love is that. May I ask you, do you do you paint your subjects? Are they in person with you or you get a picture of them or is it coming from your mind? 70% of them are actually Instagram followers of mine. Oh my goodness. Do they send you a photo of themselves? No, I just, uh, 
I just look, I just stalk some of my followers. <laughs> Do you and, then um, reach out to them and say? No, I just create it. <gasps> oh and my gosh. And then I let them know. Okay, this is what I did. <laughs> wow. Just in case, uh, sometimes you might, you might, I pick several subjects and, and there's several looks I'm looking for. There's a specific gaze I'm looking for. Mm. And it might seem pretty nice uh, at first, but as you start to paint, it might not come out the way you want it to. So you might scrap it. And if you, if uh-huh. you tell someone, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to paint you and then you scrap it, kind of breaks a person's heart. So, you know, rather have a finished product and say, hey, look, you've been added to the collection. But also today, now what I do is I'm actually creating women. I'm taking features of women that inspire me. I'm putting them together to create a specific one being. So perfect example, uh, most people are going to now go and look at this. Kenya, the, the, the painting Kenya that I did with the African she went African fabric dress, black and white. Mm. Um, so Kenya is a combination of my sister, a friend of mine, and my cousin. It's three women all combined into one. Now, the craziest thing is my sister saw her and automatically, I never told my sister this. She took the picture and put it on her, on her Instagram. And she's like, oh, I love her. She looks just like me. And I said, <laughs> she is part of you. <laughs> uh, she is got- literally my sister's eyes and nose. And then the rest of the other features, the lips and the shape of the head and is all different people. So taking all these different, I'm basically creatively pushing myself and trying to create and now really take features of what I see and things I look and create subjects. I got cold shivers when you said that. I'm more inspired by different people because when I talk to people, I'm always looking at their features, looking at their eyes, their nose, their lips, and registering. I have a very photographic memory, so registering all this information. So I'm taking that and now uh, kind of creating subjects. So Kenya is not a real person. Kenya is literally three different women in one. So beautiful. I don't want to let you go, Benny. (laughs) (laughs) This was such a pleasure. I'm just so mindful of your time. But honestly, anytime, anytime you need... I don't know. You want to share a piece? I will share it for you. I will like people, if you're not yet following Benny Bing and watching his Insta stories and the content that he creates, you just, you need to be. That's all I'm going to say. I get a lot of joy out of it. I'm thanking you from the bottom of my heart for giving me your gift of art and story. And I'm always here to support you and to be continued one day in person, hopefully. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you. you Have a beautiful day. You too. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Minx Your Morning. If you enjoyed it and found it valuable, I would love it if you could take a moment to write a short review, rate this episode, and also subscribe to the Minx Your Morning podcast. That way, other passionate and driven people just like you will be able to find it. And if you're interested in kickstarting your dream life, book a complimentary trial coaching call with me over at www.liathorovitz.com. And come and hang out with me over on Instagram. My handle is at Liat Horowitz. Have a minxful day and see you next time.